Hasn't it been good today so far? Do you feel fired up? You're only going to get more fired up. I'm just telling you right now. Um, I just want to say, you know, one of the songs that I've been listening to this week, and as I was listening to it, I knew the worship team was going to sing it this morning, is There is Power in the Name of Jesus. It was such a confirmation of my spirit when we ended worship with that, because I knew, it's like you know, you know, you just know in your spirit before you're told, before you know in the natural, we're going to sing this song this morning. And just what Tim was sharing and everything up here, I just want to just kind of just just join along with what's being, you know, already been shared this morning. If you're in this church, you're called to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. And you may be saying, well, it's in the New Testament, of course, every church is called to be a soldier, and that's true. But I just want to prophesy directly to this church that if you've been here for a month, six months, or a couple years, and you're wondering, why has God brought me here? I mean, I love the worship. I kind of like this. I just want to speak boldly, this goes to everyone here, that you've been called to fight. You are a fighter at heart. You are a warrior, whether you are five or whether you are 95. Whether you are 50 or 60, it doesn't matter on age because God sees the heart. That's what he said to David. He told Samuel, you look on the outward, I look at the heart. And I'm just saying there are warriors here in the spirit. There are fighters in this house. And I just, I'm just, you know, we talk about crossing the chicken line. I've been thinking about that this week too. So I'm, I'm just going to cross the chicken line. And if it's okay, 28, do you mind if I share a few things over you? What is your name? What do you say? Louis Hernandez. I, God highlighted you this morning, and I'm just going to take a risk here. I just declare out of this whole room... You are the only one who can reach certain people in this city and in your family and in your network of relationships. And I declare that you have the boldness in the spirit to declare the gospel over violent men, over very hostile men that most people would feel terrified to be around, that you have the courage and the spirit. And I just declare that you will, in time, when the time is right, step up and you will face them in love because God's warriors are loving warriors. And I just declare, I see that that's a football jersey. I saw on the back, when you were walking back, it says Jacob's. Jacob wrestled with God. You are a wrestler with God. I declare you are a wrestler. I declare that you love certain sports, maybe football, because in you it's more than football. You are a fighter. You are a powerful man of God. And you are here because God is activating you to take great risks with violent men who would never come to Christ if you didn't step in the gap. And so I just declare that in Jesus' name over you. And I declare... There's, you know, if we can talk about the three wise men, I talk, I want to just step out here and there's the three warrior women. I just, I just on my heart and I just want to say, Ruby, you are a warrior. It's not about stature and it's not about age. You know that, but I'm going to speak to encourage your heart because you need it. 
There is a heritage, because there's a physical heritage of, of sons and daughters and granddaughters. But there is a warrior spirit that has come down from you that this whole house is blessed with, specifically your house, and we've been blessed because your daughter and your granddaughter. And I declare that the Lord knows, I felt like maybe he's spoken something like this in the secret place. He loves you because you're going to go out fighting. You will fight till the end. You're going to go out kicking and screaming is what I heard specifically. Kicking and screaming. But he means it in the best of sense. That you are a fighter and you fought for many people. And I just declare, Renee, you know, everyone talks about your love, but the greatest warrior is the most loving warrior. And I declare, uh, in Ephesians 6, God put on my heart for you. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're all called to see that reality, but I say, Renee, you have a special grace to see that. It was even talked about this morning that in meetings you say, let's pray. Where we see the natural, even as strong men and women around you see the natural, you see the spiritual, and you go right for that. And your loving heart doesn't go in judgment, and the Lord loves you because you get to the heart of the issue. Like when he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You, have in things, you, you don't have in mind the things of God. Jesus said that in full love, and you have that courage. And I just declare in 2021, you're going to walk in an upgrade of authority. You're going to walk in a, you're going to declare things over people. You're going to see things, and you're going to walk in a boldness you've never walked in your whole life. And I just declare an upgrade for you for 2021. Just receive it. He has been growing you in authority but you will at points catapult beyond just the normal measure of growth in the authority and the things that you speak over people. And strongholds will come down. Families will be changed. Marriages will be brought back together. And I'll wait on Christy when she comes back because I feel like the Lord has something for her. I'm going to share the title of this because I feel like the Spirit's already going to begin to speak to you even before I speak, right? My confidence in coming up here is not in my speaking ability or my Bible college degree or even the experiences necessarily I have. But as I speak, as Paul said, I do not speak with the power of persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit. So my confidence with all of you this morning is that the Spirit has already been speaking to you, will speak to you during the service, and we'll speak to you after the service about some of the things I share this morning. So my confidence, it's such a relief when I come up here because I know the spirit is at work in you. So if you're a spirit-filled believer, I don't need to do anything to persuade you. I don't have to try to strong arm and convince or come up with a great eloquent speech because I know a spirit's at work in you. And Christy, I'm going to be obedient here. God gave me, put on my heart, the three warrior women, and I just declare Christy over you, that over the last couple years, you've had experiences that have been difficult, awkward, but God is eradicating every last shred of man-pleasing in you, that you are more and more walking in total boldness, and that when you're up here, you're not just a good singer, although you are. You're not just, you know, good in the musical sense, but I just declare that you have a prophetic warrior heart. The Lord loves it, and you are a frontline person in war. You go to the front lines, and you do that every Sunday morning. And there's times when you don't feel like it, but you feel the call to battle, and you step out to the front lines. And 
You brave through emotions, you brave through attack, you brave through misunderstanding maybe from others, but because of your obedience, we've been blessed for years because you're willing to take those shots on the front line. And I just declare you will only grow in that and you will grow bolder and bolder and bolder as our church grows and grows and grows, that you will go in upgrades of confidence to stand on the front lines because you're not just singing music, you're a front line. The people that they send out, the rangers, the people they send out first into battle, Christy is someone that gets sent out into battle first. I just declare that over you in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Okay, are you guys ready for the word of God? I'm talking the scripture here. Okay. Let's, uh, if you have your Bibles, open it. Um, I did email my scriptures this morning. Acts 3, 1 through 10. Acts 3, I'll let you guys get a second to get there. I know a lot of you like to read physically in your Bibles, not just looking up here. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. You turn bones to armies. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. This is the main uh, scripture God put on my heart this morning. I just want to kind of share a story, and uh, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, There's been a lot of changes. How many have had some pretty major changes to your job or workforce this last year? And, And I'm not just talking to adapt to it, but actually maybe new policies or new ways of doing business. I'm talking major changes that'll probably go into 2021 and beyond. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw about 10, 15 hands. Um, I'm in the cellular industry. I work for Go Wireless. Um, it's a, basically a premium retailer for Verizon. Uh, the cellular world's always changing. There's always new phones. There's always new technology. We were in 4G, and now we're transitioning here in the Valley to 5G. So there's a lot of change. Um, one of the things that I loved about my current position was that one of the benefits was we're going to give you a work vehicle. You have to travel a lot, but we're going to give you a work vehicle, and we're going to pay for the lease to Enterprise, who owns it. We're going to pay that every month. We're going to give you a gas card, and we're going to give you a maintenance card. So it's so cool when you can go in and something's wrong, and you're just like, here's the card, and it's taken care of, right? Or uh, you have a gas card, and you just have to put the mileage in, and if any of you had a company gas card, it's so nice. It's like, man, I I want one of these personally for my personal cars, too. That would be really nice, right? (laughs) Um, 
in light of COVID, they've, my, our leadership in our company has wrestled since February. Do we, do we let go of this? There's like 150 fleet cars. I have one of those 150 scattered throughout 35, 40 states because we're called to travel from store to store, maybe visit businesses, um, you know, these kind of regional roles. And so it was very hard for them. And a lot of us, a lot of my, you know, coworkers, there's a lot of kicking and screaming, but a couple months ago they made the announcement, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take away the vehicles. Um, and you have two options. You can buy it at a good price or we can give it back to enterprise. Uh, and we'll, we'll try to reimburse you. We're still working that out, but we'll reimburse you on your, if you have to use your personal car for work. Um, and as good as that is, we all know, it's not as good as a fully paid car, right? So that was a hit. And I know many of you have probably hit, taken hits this year. Um, so anyway, they said buy, you know, or, or you give it back. You know, we're going to give it back to Enterprise. And so I drove that thing off the lot in uh, the Toyota dealership right off the Garrity exit four years ago with zero miles. So I kind of feel a connection. You know, when you drive in a car, you feel a connection to it. Is anyone like me? I know some of you... Uh, you know, one of, one of you, uh, who is it, restores old vintage cars. I just found that out. I've been going here for years. Didn't know he did that. Um, Leo. Someone said Leo. Yes. But you, go, you grow attached to the car, right? And so I said, I want this car. I want to possess this car. And leadership at work said, hey, just wait till you get your contacted. We're going to stagger it. We have our own way of doing it. It could be a month. It could be three months. I'm like, okay. Well, about a month after that phone call, I get two pieces of mail on the same day, assuming they both go together. One of them was the registration on the Toyota Prius, the work car that's about to expire. And I said, well, I got to get that. I'm sure this is part of the process. We got to get that, you know, renewed. And then I got a title deed in the other one. And without thinking, I just email uh, one of the ladies in charge of the fleet at, you know, administrators in Las Vegas where our headquarters are. And I said, hey, I think it's time for me to either purchase the Prius or give it back. I got the expired registration. It's going to expire in a couple weeks, and I have the title, the title. Well, 10 minutes later, she emails me back like, you have the title? <laughs> e send an image of that right away. Because yeah. if you guys know about cars, obviously you purchase cars. This is not making sense. She emails me back a couple hours later. She says, Matthew, this is not for a Toyota Prius. This is for a 2015 red Dodge Caravan. And I go, and I have the document right here. I pull it out. And again, this is the kind of lady you don't want to mess up details on. And I did a no-no by not actually reading it, by making an assumption. Um, she's a little very fiery, but she's in charge of a lot for our company. And I read it, and it, sure enough, it says 2015 Dodge. And I'm like, oh, what? And it literally was surprising for me to get this. Owner, Matthew? And then I'm like, well, duh. I just paid this off two months ago. There's no more debt on it. I own it. <laughs> now, I throw myself under the bus here because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm growing, right? We're all in your 30s and 40s. You know, it's a time when you, you start purchasing things, right? You're no longer a renter and you start that ownership. Well, that's still fairly new to me. My, my dad was a pastor. He had cars given to them. I've had junkers. I've had 20-year-old cars. I've never had anything five years or newer that I owned outright. You know, I've leased, right? So this is new to me. But what's so funny is here I am about to try to purchase and buy another vehicle, not realizing I have the title deed. 
And I want, I want us to go back to what Peter said. We all know he said in the name of Jesus, but what did he say before that? What I have, I give to you. What I have, I give to you. You see, what Peter knew that I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to know is the title deeds that we have because of what Christ has accomplished. Because you can't give what you don't know that you have. And you don't really have authority if you don't know who you are and what you have. I want to just talk about a couple title deeds that all of you have, whether you're aware of it or not. Whether you exercise the authority that comes with that or not. One of the best title deeds that we have, and you could write on here, the righteousness of God. That is one of your most, if not the most foundational title deeds. You see, when Jesus died and rose again and he paid for your sins, he restored to you something that Adam gave up, and that was righteousness. What is righteousness? Yes, I'm getting some amens here. Righteousness is the freedom to be in God's presence without shame, guilt, fear, or inferiority. Righteousness is the freedom and confidence, I would say, to be in the Father's presence without fear, shame, inferiority, or guilt. I want that to sink in. You are righteous. Another definition is divinely approved. You know, we talk about Christmas gifts. Man, one of the greatest gifts of the gospel, one of the title deeds that we have is that we can say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, let the gravity of that sink in. I have a relational and judicial right standing with God where I can have bold confidence to come before the throne because of what Christ has done. And that was given to me. And I have the title deed to righteousness in the spirit. That's no small thing. Another title deed we have, Isaiah 53, has been quoted here, I feel like, in the last couple weeks. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. See, one of the distinctives of this church, and probably why you're here, is because you woke up, or maybe it was after you came here, but you go, atonement just didn't deal with the sin issue. It dealt with the, the physical problems as well. And I'll tell you, I grew up in churches who didn't believe atonement covered that. And so some of you are probably like, well, duh. How many here believe atonement covered every physical problem in the world? Yes, of course. And, and again, once you see it in the scripture, once the enemy, once the, the spirit removes that blind, you're like, oh my goodness. Kind of like me with the title deed, right? Thinking it's for the Prius, right? We go, uh, you didn't just die for my sins? Well, what's one of the effective sins in the curse? One of the main things that Jesus fought against his whole ministry, sickness. Every time he preached, it was part of it. He went after it. We have a title deed to righteousness. We have a title deed to healing and wholeness. Let that sink in. Because what if you don't believe you have that, you're not going to contend for someone else. What I have, I give to you. What I have... I give to you. You can't give away what you don't have. It's not possible. And I want to talk about 
I mean, it's hard to say what's more important, healing or righteousness. I mean, they're all important. They're all interconnected, right? But, if, but I, I'm going to go for the greatest title deed we have, and it's in the story. The title deed, actually, no, we're going to read Hebrews first before I go to that title deed. A little build up here. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4 talks about this title deed. Hebrews 4, 1 through 4. So if you want to turn your Bibles or look up at the front. And remember, these title deeds are all part of our inheritance. So again, the title of this message today is Inheritance and Authority. We're about to transition to authority, but we're still in inheritance. Therefore, let's see where we are. Uh, oh, no, Hebrews 4. Why did I say Hebrews 4? I meant Hebrews 1. Let's go back a couple chapters. My bad. I'm uh, giving you guys some exercise this morning. Hebrews 1, we're just going to go with the opening. And again, just some, a little background on Hebrews. I preached on it, uh, Hebrews a couple times. I just love the book. Uh, the Three Amigos, well, I remember one time we all preached in Hebrews and we didn't talk to each other. You did Hebrews 11, Tim did Hebrews 12, and I did Hebrews 4. I was just, I'm still amazed by that. I give thanks for that. That's just like totally God, not us. Um, okay, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, righteousness, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That all leads up to that name that he has inherited. Now, I think of the angels. They're mighty warriors. They, they were given, they were messengers of God. They were, I mean, do, do angels have authority to do things by God? Not of their own, but by God. Do they, can they do powerful things? Can I get a, a hand up, right? Yeah. Michael, Gabriel. I mean, we just did the Christmas story. Did Gabriel have a part in that? He had a huge authoritative part. I mean, to the point where they can make someone mute until they believe the word, right? Father of John the Baptist, right? Right, so... Again, angels, very powerful in war, very powerful in messages, very powerful in the strategic work of God. And we're in a church that believes in miracles. Many here have seen, uh, sorry, angels, and many of you have seen angels in the spirit. But as great as the angels are in the counsel of God, in the work of God, Jesus inherited a name that is more excellent than theirs. We sang a lot about it this morning. Let's go to Philippians 2. I don't know if I gave this scripture, but we're going to go there. Because we got to understand the name. we got to understand this title deed, guys. This is an important title deed. Philippians 2. You guys know this, but we got to hear it again. Philippians 2, let's just say 8 through 11. Philippians 2, 8 through 11. Philippians 2, 8 through 11. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. This helps us understand Hebrews 1.4. This is the name that he's been given and exalted by the Father. The name above all names. He's the name above all names. Right? We sang about it this morning. Um, yeah. So much of our faith is about the name. But let's be honest. You know, we pray a prayer and, you know, you're on the phone with someone. You say, I love you, goodbye. Right? There's always, I'm on the phone all the time. I have been for 12 years in various jobs that I have. I've spent thousands upon thousands of hours on a phone. But often that goodbye is a little awkward, or at least you, you get rote, right? I, I say goodbye to people and their customers, and I'm not even, you just go into autopilot. Well, how many times do we do that with the name of Jesus, if we're honest? And in Jesus' name, amen. And in Jesus' name, amen. Do we realize what we are saying when we say in Jesus' name? If his name is above every other name, do we realize, is there a holy respect for the name of Jesus? I'm just going to share this briefly. we got to know our wealth. Now, silver and gold have I not. I'm not talking about worldly wealth. Now, does, is there... I'll be careful here. But does financial blessing flow from the cross too? I do believe that. Now, Paul says many times, we don't live for this life. we got to store up treasures in heaven. So really, that should be used for generosity and to build the kingdom, not to hoard. Okay? But you got to know your wealth. Over the last couple of years, one of my favorite places to travel, ever since I first went there in 2016, I'll never forget it, driving the Prius, I had just got it for two weeks, new promotion, and I ascended up in the hill. And I preached on this before, but I'm going to kind of share it from a different perspective. I had never been to Sun Valley. How many here love Sun Valley? Ketchum, Haley, Stanley, but I'm talking particularly Ketchum and Haley. I love it up there. I mean, it's, it's like I have been to the Swiss Alps. I was there in 2000 five or six for a senior trip, but the Sawtooth Mountains look a lot like Switzerland. Is that just me, or has anyone been to both and would say that they're similar, right? They don't look like any of the other mountains here. They're special. They have the perfect shape, and they're white, and when you're, it, I literally felt when I was driving in like I was in a winter wonderland, but immediately I was praying in the spirit, worshiping going in, so I, I feel like maybe I was a little more spiritually sensitive than I usually am. I felt a certain air. You know how you something in the air, you can feel a vibe or an atmosphere? Mostly was good, actually. And I believe the Lord was teaching me something. As I began to interact with customers, and I remember as I was coming in, there was all these private airplanes coming in, nice-looking jets. As I began to interact with customers there, I didn't know this about Idaho, many of you do, but there are million and billionaires there. I mean, there's people with large wealth net, and, uh, you know, large amount of money. I'm not talking Idaho. I'm talking nationally or, or even internationally. And as I'm interacting with them, I could feel this air that I felt even coming in on them. See, I didn't grow up, for the most part, I grew up with a poverty mindset. Now, I no longer have one. That's been broken off in Jesus' name. And I know my wealth, not physically. Well, I do know physically, but I know it inside, right? But I'm around these people and I could feel their confidence and I could feel, you know, I, I remember recognizing a gentleman, I won't share their name, but I knew, I don't forget a face. And I, like, I literally told him when he came in, have I seen you before? 
Well, we Googled him later. He has a net worth of 150 million. Been in movies that many of you have seen. So I sat with him and his wife for two hours setting up an iPad and a phone. And the Spirit was speaking to me, Matthew, you're in awe of this man because of his wealth. And you're meeting a celebrity. But do you know the treasure you carry? Do you know the wealth you carry? Do you know that I've given you the name of Jesus to use with authority? And without arrogance, in humility, because really, is humility degrading ourselves or accepting what God says about us? Was Peter, oh, I beg you, God, this, oh, I th- if you can do it, can, can you help him get up? He didn't look to God. He knew what God had already given him. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. You see, he was given another legal document. You have title deeds. You have something called the power of attorney. We're talking title deeds and power of attorney or inheritance and authority. Now, I want to give some credit. When I spoke on the Trinity, many of you came up and said, that was awesome. I've never seen that before. The three chairs I got from C. Baxter Kruger, I want to give credit where credit's due. I got that from him. So if you want to read more on the Trinity, C. Baxter Kruger has awesome theology. I'm getting, I think the first, now many men and women of God have used the power of attorney. If you Google it, power of attorney and Jesus, you'll start seeing articles from people. So E.W. Kenyon was the first, I believe, ever in the early 20th century. Anyway, for those of you who want to know where is he getting this stuff, the, the, the whole thing of power of attorney I got from him. But what is a power of attorney? A power of attorney is that, you know, let's say Lynn. Lynn represents, um, you know, he has finance. He has his own health. If he were to fill out one of these, sign it, get it notarized, he could give me authority to make decisions financially in his name as if he's there. That's a lot of power. And they say when you're doing a power of attorney, one of the most important things is find someone you trust. I mean, that's critical to a power of attorney, right? So literally, this is a power of attorney document um, I found online. It looks somewhat official. It says, this is an important legal document. By signing it, you are voluntarily giving another individual broad powers to handle your property and finance. Literally, you know what point two says? Warning, do not sign this document unless you fully understand the consequences of having a power of attorney for finances. Warning. How many documents say warning, warning? Here's the scandalous, and I'm going to use that word because I think, I can't think of a strong, you know, a better word. The scandalous reality each of you were given the power of attorney by Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Now, chew on that one. That's no small thing. So the next time you say, in the name of Jesus, pause for a moment maybe and say, I have the power of attorney of the name above all names. Whoa. Let's go back. What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm going to declare as if he's making the decision, as if his power was right here, rise up and walk. The enemy doesn't want you to know what I just told you. And now that you know it, he doesn't want you to remember it. He doesn't want you to get a, revel- a deep, even deeper revelation than I'm declaring right now, by far. Because when you know your inheritance, it leads to authority. And that's what we're jumping into now. We've covered inheritance 
Now I want to talk about authority, right? Because the two are connected. When you know who you are and what you have, you know the kind of checks you can write. You know, I know Bill Johnson's used that. Many people have used that analogy, but let's just use it because it's great. If I write a check for a certain amount, it's not even faith because I know what's in the bank. Could it be that when we have, when we know our title deeds and we're consciously aware of them as we commune with the Lord and as we face situations, we can begin writing checks that we didn't realize we could write? I think a lot of us, and we're not crossing the chicken line, because we're not always aware or confident in the rights that we have. You know, we talk about, I don't know how many prayers I've heard in the last year, and again, this is no judgment. I think it's a great thing. Oh, we got to pray for our rights, and these rights are being taken away, and we can't meet together, but we're a religious institution, and how dare they, and COVID this and that and that. I think as believers, as sons and daughters of God, we should focus on these rights first. Now, all those rights, I'm thankful for this land. I'm thankful for the freedoms we have and the men and women who bled for those. But those rights will pass one day. These rights, and I'm talking spiritually here, are eternal. Those rights can be shaken. And I will tell, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to, yes, I'm just trying to cross the chicken line because I know my authority. I'm going to prophesy this next year. This is not a word for 2020. Well, maybe it is. Sorry, I'm backpedaling here, but... This morning, as we were coming in, and it was, it was kind of frosty and shaky. I mean, I slid about 30 feet, 20 feet, maybe more, in a heavy van. Now, they're not the best tires, but I was going 15 miles an hour. Hasn't that felt, and someone already said it today, but I was feeling the same word, so I just want to confirm whoever said it. I think it was you, Tim, but it doesn't matter who said it. The Lord's saying it. Hasn't that felt like our physical lives this last year, driving on ice? But maybe the purpose, you know, the Lord is not the author of COVID, but he is the author of shaking what can be shaken. I'm not saying he created COVID, but has he shaken up things in your life? You know, there was a clear point, you know, a couple months ago, and we still have need more of this, where we woke up and I, as the head of the household, had to say, we need to start soaking at night, at least four nights a week. Not as a legalism, as a dire need because of how stressed out I can get with my job and allow it to rule me. And other things, attitudes that rise up. We're living closer together than we ever have, right? You know what I'm talking about. But there's a point where you put your foot down and God wants you to build in the kingdom. And when we soak in the Lord, that's AKA resting in the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and his presence in the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what I want to say is, I believe in 2021, they're likely are going to be more shakings. In fact, I think until Jesus comes, we're going to see an exponential birth pain. Didn't he talk about birth pains or something like that? I don't know. Maybe something like that. I could be wrong. Go read the scripture. If you can find it, let me know. But until we get to the end, when Jesus returns, and, and I thank you for the word, you know, Pastor Rutson, on your boldness to step out, because I think a lot of us were feeling that, but the return is coming. Didn't he say the generation, I think you preached on this, the, genera- right, the generation would not pass away. Well, Israel was formed in 1948. So I'm not saying the Lord's coming in 2028 or whatever. No one should ever predict the day or the hour. Or you're disobeying the scripture. But the shakings have started. They're not going away. Does anyone feel that? I mean, do I, do I have a confirmation? You're a prophetic, spirit-filled people. It doesn't need to be the guy with the mic, right? You all have a word, right? 
So that said, but here's the good news, is that God is doing two things, I believe, and I'm just going to be bold here. One thing he's doing is shaking what can be shaken in your marriage, your finance, your family that is not of him. He's shaking that. Or you might say with a consuming fire burning that up. I think of, you know, and I won't go into this, but a habit in this last year, I had to confess to a brother in the Lord, and now it's gone. I had to be shaken out, and I haven't turned back. I haven't looked in my rearview mirror. Because I had to confess and say what God says about that thing. That's taken up the authority. In 2021, what God did was shook, shook things up in 2020, but I believe the church is marching. Someone said it, marching into 2021. So we are getting ready for battle. We've been battling this year, but I mean more proactive outward risk-taking battle, if I could say that. Are you feeling that? Um, I just listened to one prophetic uh, guy on, on YouTube, right? You can't trust everything you hear, but he said he feels like God's going to send us out into the streets. Tim, did you? I believe you were. By the way, I just want to affirm in the spirit, thank you for your courage. Not to honor you for you, but Jesus in you. You were prophesying this morning like crazy, and I was getting encouraged. I want to just encourage you in that. You're just getting bolder and bolder, and it's spurring me on to take more risk. So 2021, the foundation has been shaken so we could be cemented in these title deeds and who we are in Christ and what we have. And we are warriors getting ready for battle. If you've been brought to this church since COVID, maybe God's equipping you to fight. Not just be fed. Now be fed. That's part of why we come to church. I've been fed by Tim. I've been fed by Christy. I've been fed by a lot of people this morning. But we also go to be empowered and equipped for battle. We are called to be equipped for battle. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to land this plane here. Um, we've been given the power of attorney. It's as if Jesus were making the decision because he trusts if his spirit's in us, we're going to ask according to his will. Now, I'm not saying everything you do is the will of God. I'm just saying you're filled with the spirit. Do you think the spirit's going to allow you if you're trying to listen, never hear the will of God? <laughs> his will's not hard when you're in his presence because his desires become your desires, right? Remember what Jesus said in John 14, and you don't have to pull these up, uh, Linda, but John 14 and John 16 and John was right next to Peter, so, you know, the guy who wrote that, which is Jesus' words. Up until this point, you've asked for nothing. But in that day, you will ask, in my you will ask my Father, and I will do it. You know, ask in the Greek can mean two things, beg or demand. There's a couple other definitions. It can mean, let's, let's just give a spectrum. It can mean beg, which is kind of like the weakest. Ask, just what it is, ask. But one of the definite, you can Google it right now in a concordance. One of those is demand. If we have these, if you had the power of attorney in the natural, could you demand something? Yes or no? Is that righteous and okay? Then why is it not true in the spirit? Did Peter demand it or did he beg for it? He declared, yeah, that's even a high, I guess that's not even, yeah, demanding. Yeah, you're right. He declared it. He, de he demanded it. He demanded it. And you know, here's the thing. I've been around a lot of up in Sun Valley millionaires and billionaires. They demand that this phone and this, 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 this happens. Now, can they do it in a spirit that's very inappropriate? Yes. 
But there's something we can learn there. What if I was like that in the spirit, going after people in love? I know the checks I can write. I know you can write a $100,000 check, but I can write a check not by my own ability. I can declare something that will change their whole life. I don't know what that's going to be because the Spirit's going to give it in a moment, but I know it's there, right? Okay, the Great Commission, I don't need it. You guys know it. It's all about power of attorney. In my name, they will lay hands. In my name, baptize them in the name. Just put power of attorney in there. And we're talking about a principle. Every power of attorney has a principle. We're talking the principle is Jesus here. <laughs> the principle of principles, right? And you're his agent. Yes, Lord. You can read the story later. And in his name, you keep reading chapter 4. We don't have time for it, honestly. This is probably two hours here. There's like two hours. Because chapter 3, 1 goes all the way through the end of 4, essentially. But you know what you're going to see a theme of? It's mentioned five to ten times. Whose power did you do this in? Or what name? The Sadducees and the Pharisees. And then Peter and John go, as if by our own godliness and power we did this. This is all in the holy name of Jesus. You'll see this power of attorney. I'm going to use that because it's easier for us to understand theme throughout chapters 3 and 4. You're going to see that strong. And then what does it happens? They go in and they thank God. Thank God that the, these threats came upon them, but then they ask for boldness. Stretch out your hand that you might heal. And the place shook. Remember, God likes to shake things up. And it literally, one of the miracles that happened, I believe maybe God could have triggered an earthquake at the same moment they began to pray. Who knows, right? Because he works with the natural. It's not always just like totally random. The place shook where they were at. And they said, give us boldness. Give us boldness. I want to end with a call to action. I'm going to say the points if I don't get through them. Number one, exercise dominion over yourself. Exercise dominion in your marriage and family. It's got to start with you and your family. Well, that sounds selfish. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you're not living. Okay, this two weeks ago, I'll give a practical example. We've been home more, so I've been, been driving or flying or visiting stores, so that's less time that I'm typing and using a mouse. Anyone get mouse pain here and there from clicking and clicking? I have a death grip. You can ask Tessa. I have, I have uh, stripped faucets before. And I don't know, I mean, I, Lord, help me not to do that because it's not good for my health and I end up destroying things. <laughs> I don't know why, I just have this tight grip. Maybe it's because of the fire. Ugh. But my arm pain was getting worse two weeks ago. And so maybe that's my cue. I'm hearing a little alarm go off. <laughs> and, and the arm pain's getting worse. So I said, I started, I was studying for this, you know, and I'm like, in the name of Jesus pain be gone. It got worse. When we begin to use our power of attorney, there's going to be throwback. And in this story, when the man was healed, there were a lot of leaders, religious leaders that got angry and threatened. Don't you preach in this name anymore. Well, my arm got worse, but I kept at it. 
I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank on this. I don't want to just talk. I want to bank on it, right? And sometimes you have to fight through it. Well, about two or three days later, the breakthrough started happening and less in pain. It was progressive. You know, Jesus did a miracle where it took, I think, two times before the guy was healed. So if that's true of Jesus, maybe it's going to take me 50. That's okay. I'm okay with that. It's going to take me 50 prayers. But in the end, if it happens, it's the victory, right? So anyway, I've been praying over my arm. And then two or three days later, it got better and better. Um, I'm at about eight. I was about 20%. It was really bad where I had a hard time lifting it up. I'm now at the point where I'm like 80, 90% healed in Jesus' name. And sure enough, one of the first people I met this morning was someone who shared with me, my arm hurts. I prayed. It sounded like it got a little better, but it didn't get healed. But you know what? If you know your wealth, you know your identity. I, I can not always come through because it's about him anyway. Maybe we should... Maybe I should just keep taking risks, or maybe I should give up, right? No, I shouldn't give up, right? Just keep taking risks, right? Exercise dominion in your marriage and family. You know, I would give you the example, we have, to, we have to start soaking. Well, I'm telling you, even the last three or four days, I realized, and maybe this, this is the burden of a father and being the head. We believe in headship here. Equal in God's sight. But don't think being the head's all that dandy, because that means you have to be the servant of all. <laughs> it's not about telling everyone what to do. It's about doing the hard stuff when no one's watching. But there's things I, I realized in the last two or three days that I need to go after. I'm being vulnerable here. I won't go into the specifics, but that Tessa shared with me, I'm like, okay, we have more ground. But as I spoke over you, it's not against flesh and blood. If you don't realize that, then you fight and we'll fight with each other and I won't take victory over it. But if it's not about her and not about my kids, it's about dark forces and strongholds, then you could begin taking land and dominion. Jesus won back the dominion that Adam lost, but he shares it with us as co-heirs that we might reign in life. That is scandalous. You might be like, Matthew, you're going overboard. No, I'm not. It's the truth. It's the truth. Take dominion over your home and finances. When we bought our old house, I knew that the roof had to get redone. And for a while, I just sat there like, oh, what was me? Because I don't know how to do a roof. And blah, 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 blah. Finally, God reminded me of my title deeds and I began praying for four days in a straight. I said, in the name of Jesus, new roof, this, 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 no credit card debt. This, 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 no credit card debt for four days. That Sunday, we had a barbecue three or four years ago. A guy I have, in his 20s, I've never seen, never, never seen before, never seen since then. I decided to reach out and sit at his table, find out he's like a loan officer for homes. I share with him kind of what's going on. He's like, oh, you could refinance and take cash out and get it all fixed. I didn't have that knowledge. But God provided that. And then within months, here's $22,000. Your house has gone up in value. Your monthly payments are only going to go up by $30. Here's $22,000. We were able to get the roof done and all that. But it started with Jesus in his generosity saying, Matthew, I'm not going to force you to take up my name and power of attorney. But you can if you want. You can take dominion here. He doesn't force his way. Like, you must take dominion over your house now. That's, he doesn't lord it over us like the Gentiles, right? Exercise dominion in the church. You might see problems in the church, and I've been in church my whole life, and I'll be honest, there's times where I just see the problems and I do nothing about it. Has anyone been there? What does that lead to? Gossip and judgment and division, the opposite of the spirit he spoke. Or you can say, I'm going to step up and be the solution to the problem I'm seeing because it's not against flesh and blood. You might see something wrong in our church or a need, you can sit back and judge it, 
Or you could say, God, I know my authority, and I know the gifts you give me, and I know the prophecies over my life. Would you give me courage to step out and talk with leadership so I can maybe step in the gap? Exercise dominion with unbelievers and the lost. And I left this to last, not because they're last, but because we often, if we're not taking risks in the first couple things, we're not going to get across it. Let's be honest. But I find when I'm more confident with the first couple things, that's what catapulted the, when they were unified, they knew their authority, they bled out, right? And that assumes their marriages were in victory. That assumes, what does Paul say? I beat my body. But these men and women in the early church knew, or at least they preached, I know they lived it, they got to take dominion over myself first. If I don't have dominion over me and my spirit's not ruling my body, how the heck am I going to go and use the power of attorney over someone else? <laughs> okay, I'm going to end with this. Regardless of who is president 2021, the state of the economy, or whether we get back to normal or not, we don't need a green light to begin receiving our inheritance and taking dominion over the dark forces of evil. Can I read that again? I feel like I need to read it again. Regardless of who is president in 2021 or the state of the economy in 2021 or whether we ever go back to normal or not, we don't need a green light to begin receiving our inheritance and taking dominion over the forces of darkness and evil. We've already been given the green light in the Great Commission. Practical way. How do I apply this? Valley Supernatural School of Ministry. I'm giving a little plug here. Part of the purpose of that is so you know your identity, your inheritance, and your authority. Is that a way to sum it up? There's more to it. It helps you move across the chicken line. So if you're considering that, maybe it's on your heart this morning. That's just one way to obey. I gave maybe, you know, some other examples. But let's rise. Um, I'm going to end it here. If you guys want to come to your feet. If the prayer team could come up. And I just feel led to end with uh, Ephesians 1, just a couple verses here. And I'm going to pray this over you and myself because I need to hear this. So just receive this as a prayer. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, not outside, not around, not at the church, building, per se, in you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and COVID and economy and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Whoa, Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you that you work all things together for good, and you've done that this morning. I can say with 100% confidence, you have done that this morning. 
You have put things on our hearts, not just me, not just this person, but many of us. And you're communicating this morning. You're not a silent God. Jesus, you're not silent. You didn't go up to heaven and say, goodbye, guys. So, God, I know I've been talking about power of attorney, but you're not at a distance like in a sick bed, like many power of attorneys. You're with us and in us, fighting through us. And God, as we close up 2020, we give thanks for how you've been faithful. We give thanks for what you've shaken in our lives that we needed to get rid of. The foundations we built upon. The paychecks we relied on. And we thank you as we look to 2021. We want to accept the draft. I'll be a soldier for Christ. And no matter what's shaken in 2021, we will not be defensive and apathetic. We will be proactive by your strength. God, give us grace because only by your strength can we prevail. I pray for victory. And God, we charge into victory. We don't know what's going to be in a month or two months or three months or six months or 12 months. We don't know what 2021s look like. We don't have insight into all things, but you do. And you're in us and you say, trust us. Trust, trust me. Trust me. So, Father, we commit 2021 to you, and we boldly declare it's going to be victorious. Many chains will be broken off, and I just declare, God, you are going to break every chain. That that song, maybe it was meant for 10 years ago or 5 years ago, but it's meant for 2021. We are going to see you break every chain. Depression's going to come off. Anxiety's going to come off. I declare that there's families and there's individuals here who will have breakthrough in which they've been longing for 10, 15 years over a struggle, and it's just gone. It's in their rearview mirror, and they are walking in a new level of confidence and wholeness and wealth in what they have and who they are. Thank you, Jesus, that chains are coming off and will in 2021, and you are mobilizing the forces. You are mobilizing the infantry, and we are ready for battle because our battle, as David said, is in the name of the Lord. You come at me with sword and spear, but we come at you in the name of the Lord. You come at us with COVID and fear and regulations and agendas, but we come at it in the truth and love of God in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so if we could just end with a shout. This is the warrior shout. Before you go into battle, there's always a shout and a scream, like when they took down the walls of Jericho. So at one, two, three, let's shout. One, two, three. Yeah! And then one, two, three, Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus! One more time. One, two, three, Jesus! We love you. Have a great day. You can stay and mingle or you can go. Bless you and your families. Have a great Sunday. Come up for prayer if you want. We love you all. Yeah.